0: It's the Texas Texas football show with your hosts, Chris O'Connell and Alan Cundy. Welcome to the football show. Your weekly ish bombardment of hot takes and mostly correct information surrounding America's team, the university of Texas, American football longhorns. This is your recruiting edition. Uh, no hashtag. No regrets. Hashtag. hashtag let's ride. Hashtag beast, Texas hashtag, uh, believe whatever else you want to hashtag that with. Uh, I am Alcalde senior editor Chris O'Connell. I'm here with contributing editor Alan Cundy. Hello,
1: Alan. Hello, Chris. Hello, fans. We wow, are, what a day. What a day yesterday. We are on an am adrenaline right?
0: high. We can you hear it in our voices? No. Uh yesterday was fun. Uh unlike most national signing days for the University of Texas, uh Charlie Strong doing it a little bit differently uh than Mac Brown doing it a little bit differently than he even did it last year. Um so why don't we break down sort of the last couple days? Yeah, I
1: think a lot of different I mean there's many different aspects of the last yes, the last week we could speak at length in a, a lot of different uh you know ways that everything shook out. You know, we're going to get down to the players individually a little later on. We'll get into we're gonna, social media. Yeah, I think we want to start with yeah, just the whole the whole way everything kind of broke down because it became the story of everything coming into place was almost the kids were almost secondary to everything that was happening. I mean, obviously those kids are the reason for the celebration, but sure. just all the attention completely steal the spotlight on you know national signing day. And I like that you're kind of giving the real undersell. I mean, one of the most exciting days, well, you know, in a while for Texas football. Well, for
0: an off season, you know, for an off it's, it's, for sure. It's really, really hard. I think, especially the older you get, the more jaded you get, the more you see this kind of stuff to like get really pumped up, especially with the last couple. Uh, classes for Texas. Even some of Mac Brown's last classes were, you know, top yeah. fifteen and classes, can, and, yeah. and and you know, not much to show for him. So. Well, and
1: I want to mention really quickly as well. We are going to hit another story that kind of fell through the cracks. So you want to tune in a little later on. We're going to mention uh, an interview one of this longtime Texas A and M trainers gave with HBO. Um, what was the headline here? It says the coaches pressured him to rush players back onto the field. You know, as a trainer, a guy who's been there for thirty one years, Hall of Fame trainer. So we're going to talk about that a little later on, but let's get but into enough the about story Texas of the day. A&M. Yes. <laughs> uh
0: So let's let's rewind. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday morning. Let's rewind to Tuesday, the day before signing day. Um, so Kyle Porter from Katy, Texas. Uh, he's not on Twitter like all these other recruits. <laughs> he uh, doesn't do interviews. I don't think he had a signing day event set up for his high school in Katy. Uh, he didn't even announce. It was his teammate announced his, it. His his yeah. teammate goes on goes on Twitter. He was he was expected to go to 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 TCU. Kyle Porter, all purpose running back. It looks like uh, his teammate announces. Uh, you know, congratulations to to Porter, my, teammate. To my yeah, teammate. I love this low key great. It was great. So <laughs> so that was like a. Uh, Kind of an unexpected flip at the last moment. Um, So, kind of the start of things. This was before signing day, the night before, the day before? It was the day before. So, that made. So, Texas, it it depends on which, you know, rubric you're looking at, but general consensus, Texas' recruiting class was 32nd. You know, when everybody woke up on Tuesday, it was 32nd. After Kyle Porter signed, it was 25th. So, sort of, you sort of see the seesawing going on here because then you start looking and you look at uh, a lot of the other big schools had a lot of their commits their big commits already sort of locked in Mm -hmm. you're looking at texas and there's you know 12 13 guys that people are going to tune in to see where they go so
1: only only what 14 12 to 14 players going into the last couple of days before signing day so you know that's the reason for the ranking There was a lot of discussion about where texas was sitting why aren't they better coming off a losing season and all of these things and you know you didn't have these players locked up and
0: and it could go really sideways i mean uh if if a lot of those players decided, you know, Texas was uh, a has, has had losing seasons the last two years. Why would we why mm-hmm. would I go there? I can go to I can go to A&M, although A M has problems of its own. Go to Baylor, although Baylor has problems of its own. Uh, yeah, I mean, know, I can go there's to a TCU, lot of TCU. Ta- yeah. I can go to Oklahoma. Well, I can there's State. a lot of
1: articles about the SEC has been taking all of these players out of Texas. This was like a theme over the last couple of weeks of how, you know, the draft picks from the Big 12 are down and just the Big 12 in general. Uh, you know, second, not even second fiddle, third or fourth fiddle to the Pac-12, obviously the SEC, even the Big Ten of guys getting drafted, you know, top players, and so this was a big thing for this. It was a huge year, obviously, for Texas, and and a, and a huge haul for these guys, keeping so many of these players from the state of Texas,
0: right? And I read an article a couple months ago that said, um. If you want to become an NFL wide receiver, obviously everyone, I, I want to become an NFL, uh, NFL wide receiver. If you have the talent, you think, to be an NFL wide receiver, it's a go to LSU instead of Baylor, even though that doesn't make sense, right? Because <laughs> right. Baylor slings the ball around. But you look at all these LSU wide receivers in the NFL, mm-hmm. Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, uh, Ruben Randall, there's a bunch of them. LSU doesn't throw the ball that much, right? Uh, and it's
1: more of like, oh, just it's get perce- used to the style of the NF. It's the closest right. thing, and that's it's what, a perc- uh, it's
0: a perception thing. So it's the perception. It's because most. It's because the SEC schools are getting the most draft picks, right? Uh, and what was
1: what, uh, it? Wasn't uh, Dalen Mack, but it was another A and M player, and he said, uh, you know, he was like these guys. I, you know, th- a lot of comments on Br- Brandon Jones flipping from A and M, and so they're saying, oh, he's afraid of coming to play big boy football, and then I think he he at add, he added Dalen Mack and was like. Closest thing to the NFL without getting paid, am I right? Or something like that. Like, really good. I mean.
0: So, uh, a couple guys. So, let's let's talk about sort of what Texas already had going into signing day. So, obviously, uh, Porter flipping the day before to Texas. There were four early enrollees. There was DeMarco Boyd. I mean, and
1: Porter is huge. Let's talk about him for really quickly. He was, you know, the 6A state champion, mm-hmm. uh, you know, football running back. Uh, stud running back. I he mean, yeah, he can,
0: he can stay in the field on third down because he can pass block and he can catch balls out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, he won't have to do a full workload obviously right away. Cause you got yeah. Deonta Foreman and Chris Warren who are, look totally capable toward the end of the season. So, but just to have like, just, just to, to have that like a great skill bonus. position. Yeah, yeah it's just, a, it's a, it's a totally great bonus. So, um, so you had the four early enrollees. You had DeMarco Boyd, Chris Boyd's, uh, younger brother out of Gilmer, uh, Shane Bouchel, who I just learned yesterday, that's how you pronounce his name at the press conference that Coach Strong mm-hmm. gave. Shane B- Buchel, uh quarterback out of Arlington, Texas, uh, highly touted guy. Uh, Colin Johnson, the wide receiver from uh, Valley Christian in San Jose, big 6'5", 200-pound guy, uh, brother of Kirk Johnson, the running back, uh, and son of Johnny Johnson, the, uh, the former Texas defensive back and uh i think he was a dallas cowboy too uh and then zach shackleford uh who who
1: zach aka rusty shackleford
0: shack attack uh and i thought maybe he should flip the letters in his first and last name is shack (laughs) zackleford yeah
1: no well one of the guys he's on campus as you said early enrollee he has a chance to break the starting lineup on that offensive line where they need they need help so Uh,
0: he's out of belton um and he was a late flip too committed and then took his official visit to Texas uh mm-hmm. i think we talked about this in the last podcast and then he just in en- not only flipped but enrolled for the spring so right. you know uh, that it rolled that,
1: like a couple of like a day later yeah, or something yeah a day yeah.
0: later was classes started on that tuesday yeah. so uh, had to get in had to get in early so um and then last saturday Lil jordan humphrey the uh he was listed as an athlete i think he played mostly running back in high school he's also a basketball player uh Six four, six five, uh, speedy dude. I think yeah, he's,
1: a big target. He'll probably end up being a tight end or receiver. Well,
0: I was looking, at, you know, and at, at the press conference yesterday. Strong said he'll play on the outside. Uh, he's listed as a wide receiver on this official document okay, I'm looking okay. at, but who knows? You know, maybe he bulks up this offseason. Well, and, and this is what I'm hearing
1: is kind of get these guys. You know, like little Jordan Humphrey, you know, six six five. You know, to go along with John Bert. Like give these quarterbacks as much you know big targets, guys that can go up and get the ball. Give them as much help as they can get, and. Um, you know, so this is a great, that was a great signing, obviously.
0: Yes. Uh, and then DeAndre Christmas, uh, Giles came in, uh, last week also defensive lineman, uh, out of Louisiana. So starting to see some East Texas and some Louisiana guys, obviously an influence, uh, uh, from Jeff Traylor. Strong talked about the, that yesterday at the press conference that Jeff Trailer specifically was a big thing in getting guys, uh, going East in Texas and then into Louisiana. We'll talk about that more when we get to who signed on signing day. I'm um, glad he didn't take that Texas state job that he interviewed for I a know. few weeks ago. <laughs> I know. Uh, and then you got Eric Cuffey who uh, announced last week, uh, defensive back from Waco, uh, another, you know, a four-star guy. So, so the class uh, sitting still was still sitting at 25 when we all woke up on signing day. And then it started at seven thirty. Um, and i i i won't remember the order cuz yesterday was kind of a whirlwind um but defensive tackle after defensive tackle um uh, marcel southall uh uh who else uh jordan Elliott, chris daniels all these guys just start committing to texas right. and, and then and he
1: said charlie strong said he would take 25 of those big bodies he said he would take them. he said <laughs> he would take
0: he said if he, you know because he, he
1: they say the big boys or he the said big he bodies? would take
0: 20 big boys and five <laughs> skill players if okay. he could have you know he said because uh, a question was asked of him you know you got five defensive tackles or yeah. defensive linemen coming in for this class you know do, do you think maybe you could have gone a different way or taken less because they can't all play at the same time and he said i If I could have gotten six or seven, I would have gone. I would have kept going with them. And they signed
1: one defensive tackle last year, and he never even made it onto campus. So obviously need position.
0: So as the day goes on, Texas moves to 17, Texas moves to 15. uh, And then... As they
1: add a four-star guy every 30 minutes, every every hour. Every 30 minutes. And it's
0: nuts, and people are freaking out, and the memes are going crazy. Then Texas uh, gets Brandon Jones, uh, high four-star guy. Some sites even have him as a five-star guy. Uh, defensive back from Nagadoches, mm-hmm. and he was he was. Everyone thought he was going to A uh, yeah, and M. A and M thought huge, he was going to M, yeah, which was, we'll get like the to. Biggest signing, yeah. The He's from Nagadoches. He's from East Texas. These guys, uh, you know, I was listening to Chip Brown yesterday morning, and these guys always go to A and M. Yeah, that's A and M country. That's A yeah. and M country. Like, kid probably grew up rooting for A and M. And a guy that A
1: and M was depending on or expected to get. They, expected you know, guy. They were already sort of penciling in, and this was the player who, Texags, the forum message board forum produced a documentary. Do we
0: know how long this documentary was? No, because it's behind a paywall. But yes. I've seen the trailer, and it looks like, I mean, it looks like a thirty for thirty. Uh, you <laughs> know, they 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 interviewed his family, they interviewed him, they went, they watched him train, they went to his practices, yeah.
1: and so people were having a lot of fun with that. Uh, clearly, yeah, and and let's say, I mean for the folks that are not on Twitter and understand the joys of Twitter, one of the most enjoyable days to be online on the internet yesterday, maybe folks, however you follow the news, you know, forums or just, you know, on the Statesman or whatever it is, like seeing all of the news trickle in and seeing everybody's reaction, you know, even seeing the players be a part of this stuff. It's so, it's so different, you know, and I was thinking of like the way that these players are sniping at each other with da- Dalen and Mack and A&M saying like, Oh, well, you guys are not getting, you know, like, you don't you've nev- you don't have that in football Of players just openly trash talking Each other in a public forum where yeah. everybody Can see it like when someone would get interviewed after A game and they would trash talk like that's Bullet you know it's called quote bulletin board Material yeah. for that reason it gets tacked up It's it's new it's like front page news When it happens and it and now it's just So commonplace for these guys to just be All over each other on twitter and And it's a lot to sift Through because a lot of these tweets are, are You know you have to decipher them Yeah <laughs> you know but they're a little cryptic. What, at what, times. Uh, just an amazing, just an incredible day uh, watching these guys roll in yesterday. What I mean? Well, I want to talk about you such an day. I mean, yeah, you go mentioned Dalen
0: Mack. I wanted to, to sort of touch on that because Dalen Mack, as you remember, was uh, I think a top ten guy last was like season. A stud
1: freshman now going to be a sophomore lineman, defensive at A&M. defensive tackle.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, choosing between A and M and Texas, he chose A and M last year. Uh, he was this. He was their Malik uh, mm-hmm. of the way that Malik was for Texas, like this enormous get. You know, and so they kind of have their own little thing. They swipe back and forth at each right, other, yeah, in A friendly in a little, friendly yeah. little thing. Uh, he expected at least some of these defensive tackles were going to come to A and M and help him sort of shore up that defensive line. And he he tweeted, "Hate when my homies fall into that trap. Live and learn." Hashtag no regrets. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, and there was a graphic. It was like six A and M players that have that or that flipped. You know, as they say, and this was the the Ch- the Chuck the Chuck Strong parody account, which is like gold now um kind of weird at first but now he's like really found his stride whoever he or she whoever tweets this account Uh and he had one where he was like i'm in the kitchen cooking pancakes i'm just like flip 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 (laughs) because he's (laughs) getting and this was really interesting in, in this the strategy that he takes you know and there's been a lot said about it waiting for the last minute to to get these commitments you know waiting to see the senior tape from these players You know, not just getting a guy after his junior year and assuming he's going to be good. Charlie Strong, he said, what he said was interesting about this was he says, the sooner that he gets these guys to commit to them, then the other teams can attack him. And he says he doesn't want to be attacked. So he says, if he gets, so if you sign a guy and and he's committed to you for eight months, all these other teams are coming at him and they're saying, look, you don't want to go to Texas. You don't want to go there. They're five and And seven. And so, yeah, so then they're in the position of, well, we're not going to do that. We're going to wait and we're going to be the ones poaching all these guys, and it was their uh, linebackers coach, Brian Gene Mary, he recruiting coordinator, actually, also for the team, and he spoke a little bit more about kind of what they were doing. And and he, he said a quote, too. He said, you know, if it was so easy for everybody to just come in here at the 11th hour, everyone would be doing it. Right. You know, so they put in a lot of work to get all this stuff done, and there was a great quote from Chris Daniels, the, the defensive lineman, where he says, look, if you don't want to come to Texas, don't let Charlie Strong get on your couch because this guy is, and this is what people kept saying, you know, we're like, Hey, as these four four stars would roll in, we're like, Charlie Strong. He seems to know what he's. He's pretty good at doing right. this. Like he seems to be pretty good so far.
0: And it, and it could have been kind of scary because, uh, and and Strong was asked this at the press conference yesterday. It was like after the after the chips had all sort of settled, uh, it was like, do you were you panicking a little bit? And he said, No, I don't panic. Uh, and he didn't see I mean, he's obviously seemed very happy mm-hmm. coming off like an adrenaline <laughs> yeah. high. If you watched any of the and there's little videos of, of the, the them room celebrating them f- each announcement, freaking kind of. out, yeah. you know. But I think this is the, this is his game. Uh, you know, Max' sort of philosophy was you get everybody in. You sort of give them you give them sort of a deadline that's different than signing day, yeah. and you say, "Look, you commit now. We won't recruit. Right. You know, you four star quarterback. You mm-hmm. come. You compete." we won't recruit a bunch of other quarterbacks. We won't give up your spot. We won't make you compete with a bunch of other freshmen. And this, but, but but Strong's thing is look, you don't want, he, he said, I don't want to get people to commit until they're a hundred percent on board because of what you said. I don't want them to, I don't want people to attacking them. I don't want other teams having a target to attack. And then also you want to wait. You want to see there are those guys like Connor Williams, uh, from last year's class, who ended up starting on the offensive line, who come on strong yeah. at the end of their Chris senior Daniels year was one too. Or he said Daniels. he said
1: after his junior year we probably would to have taken this guy, right? But so, then you saw you know he was for a couple of reasons, and then he got his grades in order. His senior tape looked a lot better, right? So you get that and he's sort a guy of, who may start.
0: He, he got he uh, may he's going to see action. You know his as a freshman, you get those gems. And so uh, speaking about Chris Daniels and flipping guys, he said that because Chris Daniels was a, was committed to OU, uh, and he's he said. Chris, as long as you'll keep talking to me, because he said he'll keep calling recruits until they tell him to stop calling them. <laughs> yes, until because, you're not, yeah. because he said, if they'll take your call, that means they're still kind of interested. So yeah. he said, he told Chris Daniels, I'm going to recruit you up until the end and I'm going to get you to flip somehow. Mm-hmm. And he did.
1: Yeah. And he says too, he says, uh, you know, players, they don't they don't make commitments. They make reservations. Now. Right. And so you're just sort of, you earmark the page and then, you know, maybe that page will still be marked by the day that it comes. But I want to talk a little more in depth about this because this is like, this is no less than like the most symbolic. This is the complete contrast in everything that they wanted to hire Charlie strong for. This is, this symbolizes everything is how the complete culture change hundred percent. I mean, this, this is, this is the identity of this team now is, sure. you know, this is exactly, this is, this is the exact opposite of the way Mac Brown would do it for all these things, you know, and it's so weird. The feeling of, Texas had top 10 top five classes years and years in a row and there was never a feeling like there's never been a feeling like this for me as a Texas fan for like 20 years following the football team there's times that I can remember getting a big recruit I can remember getting Chris Sims because it was like oh Tennessee didn't get him you know I can remember when Vince Young you know and I remember seeing him like on the street and people like cheered for him right around the time after he, he committed you know Cedric Benson was a big get but you know those a lot of these guys where you're like, well, of course Vince Young he's going to come to Texas. Cedric Benson, come on, you're going to come to Texas. Like there was never a, a big exciting feeling, even for getting a top four. A, a, you know, in this class is ranked six. You know, it's not a top five class, or it's maybe ranked eleventh or tenth by some standards. It's so closer to, it's to kind 10, of, yeah. 11. It's like it's for as exciting as all of this was, and for as huge of a haul of it was, it's kind of in line with what Texas has done, you know, for the for for a long time now, and so you you want to pump the brakes a little bit because it's like hey we've seen this for years and years for the past 15 years we've had a top 20 class sure you know but the way just the way it all unfolded like i can't say enough for and then you i mean this is what you saw this is why everybody was just freaking out like no, We've never seen this like this in Texas. It's never shaken out like this in such a dramatic way where sure. it's National Signing well, Day. Well, also, and they're, signing, si- they're getting a four-star guy every 30 minutes. They're coming on TV, and they're, they're getting this guy. Like, they're ripping Texas, the shirt off, and yeah. there's a Longhorn yeah, shirt underneath. Yeah, the guy underneath. broke his Superman. Like, I mean, it was pretty what cool. A, it was unbelievable. Well, I'll day. say a
0: couple things about that because I, I agree with a lot of that. Um, I think Signing Day is also a lot different now than it was when Mac. Uh, for most of Mac's tenure I mean this it's is much more of an
1: attitude that people have been talking about for years now where Texas signs a guy when he's a junior in high school and the dude's like gravy I'm gonna kick back my senior year I'm gonna get to Texas and we're Texas and we're just gonna roll it. I don't even really need to work that hard and you know this is what this is exactly the thing that they needed to fix and you know we could talk about rankings and stuff like that and like you know, getting a four-star guy like sometimes the better player is a lower-ranked guy who yep. has a chip on his shoulder. Absolutely. Like there's been a lot of talk of Charlie Strong's first class at Louisville, which wasn't highly ranked but had a lot of NFL players. Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, I mean, so so there's a lot of ways that you can go go to discuss this, but I it's mean, it's very ban- difficult. Uh, you know, and uh, this is what Kirk Bull said. He's like B- Banner Day doesn't even begin to describe it. Like. This is a banner the size of the Godzilla-tron. It was historic. Yeah, I mean,
0: this is a historic day. And I want to say uh, there is something to be said for the way that Mac used to do it. I know that uh, it does not fall in line with Charlie Strong's ethos, which is you recruit up until the end because you want to find those guys who are your guys who aren't as recognized by some of the other guys. So uh, there is something to be said for both ways of doing it. I mean, Mac locking up players... Some of them turned out to be Vince Young and, like you mentioned, Cedric Benson. So that's nice. Um, This is just kind of cool in a different way. It also gave uh, – Charlie Strong as an educator, right? I've written about this and we've talked about this. He's an educator. His father was an educator. His his belief is to create these well-rounded people who then can teach themselves, Mm -hmm. right, and teach others. So what he's done here, in essence, is – he made his players into really great recruiters and uh, he's got these, like he's passed along these traits and uh, he even had a quote yesterday and he said, uh, you know, he gave credit. He named all the coaches that helped with recruiting, including Jane Norvell and, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't remember if he mentioned Tommy Robinson who's now left for USC, but he, he mentioned Jane Ravel, who some people think might not be on the staff in a couple weeks. Um, yeah, it's unclear what his role is going to be. Uh, he still is part of the staff though. And he did address Uh, that.
1: I was wondering who asked that, but he said he's going to sit down with the staff and sort of figure out everybody's role. I think he mentioned something like that. So that's TB, TBD, TBD.
0: But he did mention that, uh, the real sort of stars of this were his players. His players were the real recruiters here. And, if you watched Malik on Periscope, or uh, if you looked on Twitter, you saw the X's from a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago when they're all t- just putting X. It's, they're yeah, they're sure. all in a group chat. He told this story yesterday, which I thought was so interesting. For as
1: much as he can vilify social media, sometimes, well, or you know, and we'll get to that too. Like, they would wish maybe it didn't exist,
0: but yeah, he said social media helped this what, this time though. He said it is the downfall of of society, right. but it like helped with recruiting, which is kind of funny. <laughs> so he talked about. Uh, a group chat where where I think it was Gene Delance dropped out of the group chat for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was sick of getting texts or something. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, and then one of his other players called him and said, "Hey, we don't." I think it was Malik called him and said, "Hey, we don't know where Gene is. We're afraid he's gonna switch, it, change his mind, or something mm-hmm. like that." And then Gene said, "I don't. You know, it's getting a little cloudy for me." It, it ended up just being kind of a prank, and nothing was really happening. Yeah. But you know, these guys are all talking to each other. There's all sorts of tweets and probably mm-hmm. DMs and deleted tweets and Snapchats that disappear that we don't get to see. Uh, these guys are all sort of recruiting each other. I remember during this during this cycle, Reggie Hemphill Maps kept saying, we got another one. We got another yeah, one. Yeah. We got another one. This class is going to be top five. It didn't end up being top five, but I mean, to see the class climb, climb from 32nd to like whatever you believe between 8th and 12th, somewhere just right around mm-hmm. where Auburn ended up, Best basically doubling their class in the last two days. Best in the Big Uh, Twelve. Strong also mentioned a statistic yesterday, which I thought was really interesting. Thirty-two players took official visits to Texas, and twenty-four of them signed. So um, that I know that seems you can take that however you want. You know who knows if they got the best twenty-four that they could have gotten, but it shows you that he had these targets and he got almost every single one of them. Yeah. Um, You know that that's just remarkable. Yeah,
1: and and hearing from the players, like he's he is he hearing hearing the players say it, he's the most genuine guy. Like he gets there and he's he's just one one on one. You know exactly like going back to that guy's quote. Like if you don't if you don't want to get recruited by him, don't start talking to him. Yeah, you know. And he mentioned a thing about. uh Charlie uh, Coach Strong did, where he would find the decision maker in the house, whether it be the mom or you know whoever it is, and he would he would work that person. Yeah, he uh, said
0: there, he called them the pa- the broker. Yeah, and he, always changed a- the,
1: he changed that wording at first. He called him the power broker or something like. There's that.
0: always there's always somebody uh, because this is a decision that's affecting uh, basically a child, right, or mm-hmm. a, a very young adult for their entire future. If you look at a lot of these people, uh, I don't have a statistic on this. So I won't say a lot. But you look at some of these players, uh, maybe they're first generation college students. Maybe sure. they're se- maybe they're second generation college students, but the first one to go to a school like Texas. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then
1: he mentioned how the academics was a big sell for so, them as well. So yeah. when
0: you so when he speaks of brokers, you know he's talking about people who really care about the future of these players, not just as football players, but where are they gonna? really grow yeah. and not get into some bad stuff. Yeah. And, and, this, and so, and this so, so he, it does
1: remind me of Mac Brown as it was such a family. That's, that was one of the big very pluses of Mac, because it was, you know, Sally Brown. It was, it was a big family atmosphere and this is what's so, so great are some of the stories where he was um, coach strong was eating pancakes in, in Maynard with Eric Fowler. Actually went he went back for seconds on the pancakes.
0: Hey, it's not paleo, but yeah, he was Strong, eating ribs. Strong yeah. did an extra round in the pit with Pat Moore after that. So <laughs> well, he had he, the ribs he, and uh, he had the ri- yeah. He what said was he, it,
1: ribs, cabbage, and uh, cornbread in Houston.
0: And he said yesterday that he that that Eric Fa- so he's like, Jeffrey
1: McCullough, the line, big linebacker. He
0: said that Eric Fowler's mom makes the best breakfast out of all the breakfasts he had, and <laughs> and Jeffrey McCullough's mom made the best dinner. So yeah. he was he was being a little and he was said it a little bit in jest, but I mean that's the kind of familiarity he wanted to have with the recruits and yeah. their families. And so uh, we haven't mentioned Jeffrey McCulloch yet, but he was a huge, uh, li- the outside linebacker. He was a huge get. Um,
1: the shark. Yes. yeah, yeah shark. And I've and, heard that the coaches are very high on this guy. One of their favorite, uh, favorite players.
0: And he's, and he's from Houston, which is, you know, not necessarily someone who's going to go to AM, but it's an A&M country. Uh, and, it was that was like another just cherry on top of the icing on the cake of the you know whatever it just it kept going and going and going and going and he was one of the later ones yesterday mm-hmm. and it was like oh I guess we got him too so <laughs> yeah um i thought it, along the same lines as the family uh, aspect he did mention another little story and and i will say strong i've been to a lot of these press conferences with with strong he's always willing to answer questions he's uh even after a bad game he doesn't seem I I'm despondent he still knows what he's doing uh but this is the most candid i've mm-hmm. ever seen him at a press conference and the most was he loose he loose? was loose yeah. i mean he was kind of like he seemed Got a little swagger he seemed relaxed Swag, as the kid he called? seemed yeah. happy but he didn't seem like he he seemed like he was he, ready to get to work he's at the coming end of off, a long process coming yeah. off an adrenaline high and sort of just like he was he was getting really into details, which he doesn't normally do. So he also mentioned that he was uh at Jordan Elliott's house uh and his great grandmother was in the room for that visit. So that was the that was the broker, quote unquote, mm-hmm. that he felt he needed to identify uh now, and this that's, was who
1: he was trading old Western stories with, is yeah. that correct? Yeah. And so that's There's an old Western on TV and he started I think it was Elliot or someone who said maybe it was one of the coaches with him, but he's like Coach Strong started rattling off westerns, and we were like, "What, what is he talking? What is he about? doing?" Yes. But the great
0: grandmother might have known. So he, you know, he's not manipulating, but he's he's trying to get in the ear of the people who are going to be the decision makers. It's like it's like he yeah. got game almost. I mean, you yeah. know, not not quite to the same degree, but um, you know, who's the one person who can get this person to. See what I can provide for them, mm-hmm. and you find out who that is.
1: Yeah, and we talk and we talk about it being such a huge day, such a banner day. It was such a big day that it this day was so big. It was like this almost bought him another year. Like results of this upcoming season, be damned. Like this day was so big. It was like how do you not have this guy line up again and bring in another class of guys? Well, the like, arc- this this almost. I don't know if you want to say this saved his job or this bought him more time. Like, this day was that big enough that it was like, if he can do this this year, you know, why would you not want him around doing this every year?
0: Well, I will say that this is nice. Or at least
1: next year and the year after, and let's see what he can continue to bring in. But, you know, let the offense figure it out. We've got Sterling in there to. But just Turn imagine if
0: just imagine his records. I think eleven and fourteen so yeah. far. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's working against him. I mean, the time so just is, imagine yeah. if that
0: record at the end of this next season is seventeen and you know t- twenty four. Seventeen and no, that's too many games. Seventeen and twenty or no, yeah, uh, like seventeen games. and twenty, 20 yeah, one. I mean, get a winning record would help. It's nice yes. to say now. Um, but what what's really going to make a difference this year, if we're talking about uh, his continued success at Texas or the beginning of his real mm-hmm. success at Texas, is his 2015 class needs to make a leap this year. And yeah, uh, you hope that it happens because that 2015 class. And I want to talk a little bit about yeah, that. yeah,
1: because how many of the guys coming in this year, as much as we love all of them, like there's only a handful of them that Who are going to that'll be that'll play or be that'll make an impact. Sure, you know, and one of them could be the biggest impact of all if the quarterback Shane Buchel is. Pans out and, and he's will be competing against Herd and Swoop. Strong and,
0: mention, mentioned that
1: he mm-hmm. will play. He uh And there was a, yeah, there was actually an interesting quote, not to cut you off there was that it was either Sterling or Strong. Someone said that we you know what they say hey, you know, is, is uh is Bouchel gonna is he gonna compete for the job right away? And he said, um you know, he said with Sterling Gilbert's offense, we'll know right away if somebody can do it or not. Sure. You know, and so, he
0: also he also he was asked uh point blank, uh, can you can you talk about Bouchel? Is he gonna red shirt this year? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he mentioned that he's going to have the chance to compete. He said, we'll know right away when we get in there yeah. for spring practice, like you said, was, if he can yeah. do it. And then he also said, look, I don't really talk to guys about red shirting uh, unless they don't seem like they're ready to play. If yeah. they're ready to play, we don't redshirt them yeah. unless they, you know, unless there's some reason uh, medically or they're just not getting it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they're ready to play. He doesn't. He yeah. doesn't go and ask people to redshirt. Basically, is what yeah. He's it sounds saying. like
1: something. A, a thing that he's selling a lot of these players on is, we need. We literally need you, and we'll put you on the field because we have no one. Yeah. And so he's. That's how you get six defensive linemen. Uh, you know, in this class. So you also you, you think about. Um, that's so, also how you kind of lose a, one a couple of the linebackers where the linebacker depth was getting. You know, one of the guys went to Florida State, like Dontavious Jackson, or one of uh-huh. those guys and then I, you know, I think he made us all this linebacker depth chart. And he's like, you know what, maybe they, they're, they're, they're starting to fill up, fill up a little bit, but yeah,
0: I mean, well, at least on the, we can start with the defense. Uh, you know, you got Malik on the inside and then two big recruits, Eric Fowler and Malcolm Roach. Uh, and then Jeffrey McCulloch, it doesn't mention if he'll play inside or outside, but you got three linebackers who are highly recruited guys. Uh, Brandon Jones in the defensive backfield, you know, with Duke Thomas leaving. I know Brandon Jones plays. Sort and of, he's a guy that he we're plays hearing sort of that could cor-
1: be, who could start from day one. Brandon right. Jones and corner it,
0: corner he can play corner and safety too. So and we
1: saw Diggs and uh, someone else was uh, congratulating him on Twitter. You know, yeah. and, and these are guys also sort of saying, "Hey, come on!" You know, like and the players have said this too when they when they hear from these you know legendary players reaching out to them it means something to them. he's like, "Wow, Quandre Diggs, he wants me to go here." Like he said that 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 you know that meant something to him. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly, and uh, strong. Uh, I he did mention Zach Shackleford, the offensive lineman, early enrollee mm-hmm. as someone who has been really working hard in this off season. So have to think he enrolled early. Yeah. Maybe they think he's going to be able to play right away. So and they need a center. Um, I think that's where he's going to. He end up. he played guard, but he can he can switch to center. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's definitely capable of doing capable of doing that. Gene DeLance maybe. maybe. Um, a lot of these guys look like they might be ready and and strong is not shy about starting true freshmen on the offensive line as we saw last sure, year you know yeah. uh, Patrick vahey and Connor Williams last year mm-hmm. so um
1: yeah, and if we can, so I feel like we want to put in a, a, a little bit of a disclaimer, you know, um, we do want to mention this, but um, so we mentioned earlier the recording recruiting coordinator and linebackers coach brian gene mary he he did say that he's confident he's quote confident on all 24 of these guys qualifying academically. yeah. So that's that's still, you know, we're not going to... Last year, there was a few players that didn't end up, for as good as last year's class was, uh, a top 10 class. You know, not all of those guys ended up making it to the team. You know, we had a guy quit after three days. We had a couple of players who just were never, could never qualify academically. Um, so it's still not, it's not a given that every one of these guys is going to step in. And, you know, so that's always something. And then you never know how a player is going to pan out like you know you know and everybody emphasizes the four-star players look at all these four-star you know it was eight four-star guys that they got on signing day or something like that and you know but like we said some sometimes the best player might be you know a walk-on or a two-star guy who is like crazy motivated yeah you know what i mean or i mean i was surprised to hear that eric striker was a three-star hmm. you know like the ferocious linebacker on oklahoma like cory coleman at baylor The Belitnikov winner, three-star wide receiver, and he's, I would assume, a top first-round pick. And even
0: like you know, Johnny Manziel was a three-star quarterback. Johnny Manziel,
1: Teddy Bridgewater, yeah, yeah.
0: These guys were were not as highly recruited. You know, there's always the rumors that Mac Brown tried to recruit them as him and RG3 as defensive Mm -hmm. backs. Who knows if that's true? But (laughs) that's that that's been buzzing around for the last almost ten years. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the guys from the. So I want to talk about the Florida situation versus yeah, the east the texas five, louisiana no situation. florida five
1: this year which is great and, and this was if we mentioned earlier the the connection with the high school coaches this is a relationship that that people pointed to as being you know they mention it you know it wasn't as strong as it needed to be or whatever the case is going on with his relationship with high school coaches i think a lot of people confirm that they were like his relationship with high school coaches in texas is fine like What's after yesterday, yes. Strong's, yes.
0: Well, and he thanked the high school coaches, and un- and then also, I mean, he did mention trailer. Trail. Jeff Trailer was the uh, head coach at. But he's Gilman. not
1: going into Florida for five guys, who four of them never even, you know, get on the team. Which I like, you know. They they, I, I like that he was going after, you know, the biggest guys in the country or whoever he can find. But, you know, him focusing on Texas and getting all these guys. Like, th- this is what he said was his mandate is, uh, you know, put a fence around the state, as they say. And, you know, lock up your home base and then go on. But anyway, what were you going to
0: say? I was going to say that, uh, he you know, he, he called out Traylor, uh, the former Gilmer High School coach, as someone who really helped him get into East Texas. I'm mm-hmm. sure it helped him get into Louisiana a little bit, too, as you sort of move east. Uh, you know, Matt Maddox... Uh, Having the having the relationship with high school coaches around the state obviously helped. I'm sure – I mean, Strong's a likable guy. I'm sure he didn't – like you said, he didn't have – he wasn't like Texas coaches weren't – I'd seen reports that, like, Texas coaches weren't yeah, hitting with Strong after the first It's hard year, to know how sort of
1: overblown some of that stuff is or
0: – It's like who knows, but, I mean, look. These guys, it's not exaggerating, and everyone listening to this already knows this. But these guys were like dropping like flies at their signing day. They were just Texas, 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 and then mm-hmm. you would see one go to Ole Miss or A and M. The yeah. guy jumped out of the, uh, yes. <laughs> jumped out of the airplane going. A player to Ole Miss. jumped out
1: of there, and uh, did you see? They said another player, he, uh, Bleacher Reporter, whoever this was, offered that to him first, and he said no. So they went to another player, and. It, That wasn't the first player they approached to jump out of a plane, yes. Yeah, well, you figured... Someone had the good sense to say no. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm good. I'll just just
0: put the hat on like everybody else does. Maybe it'll be a bucket hat or something different, (laughs) but it'll still be a hat. Um, So I guess sort of taking stock of of this season, um, I don't know quite what to say. We've mentioned all of the... Almost every single one of these players... um, and kind of what their what their role might be. What you know, having this kind of depth, I think um, we'll maybe see less of the true freshmen starting this year, like we did last mm-hmm. season. I remember at the end of last season, I I don't know if it was during the Baylor game or or just before that. There was one point where yeah, it was during the every Baylor single game. Oh, every yeah. single starter on it, it was like eight of the 11 players on defense, which yeah. were freshmen. And that was, it was yeah, like, late in the Baylor game. Yeah, was and they're late, holding on to win this. And it was <laughs> and it was like a, you know, major game. You're hoping this looks really good for recruits. And you got guys who you, you know, Deshaun Elliott and Devonte Davis, like guys who are good, but you know, may not be ready to contribute right. in that way yet out there with Malik, who started yeah. from the very beginning. Uh, you, you look at these guys and maybe they'll have a year to sort of, to get it together. You can't imagine that, that Porter's going to be out there like starting right away. I mean, Chris Warren didn't touch the ball very much sure. until there were injuries to Jonathan Gray. And then Deonta Foreman went down. So yeah. um, sometimes yeah. that's what it takes, but you know, that happens in football and it's yeah. good to have the next man up be a really good player. So, sure. yeah. And there's just,
1: a, I mean, there's a few spots where you can look at the real need areas, obviously offensive and defensive line, their offensive line, pretty set. You know, I think there's three of those returning starters. The the center is a question. We're going to have Shackelford. So we probably have that one freshman, you know, and then we'll have freshmen on the defensive line. Probably Brandon Jones. Probably start going to start as a safety. As and a I freshman. and I
0: wouldn't be surprised if one of these wide receivers emerged as, yeah. if not a starter, number two in the depth chart because that was kind of, you know, Texas did not have that.
1: Who do they have bringing back on wide receiver? Not Matt, you know John Burt. Burt. Yeah, and he's, Armon- he's going to be a sophomore. I think
0: Armonte's a senior. Okay, he'll be. Here. Um, but then I, you got you got. Um, Lorenzo Joe, who okay. was was good when he got on the field, but didn't really see the field very much. And then yeah. you got a uh, Newsom too, mm-hmm. Ryan guy, Newsom. Yeah. yeah, and he was getting loose on Twitter. He was too. getting like loose on Twitter. Yeah. But 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 Colin Johnson, uh, you like to have a guy who's going to participate in spring practice. Uh, big guy, uh, Reggie Hempel, maps quick guy. And then you got the 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 the, the Davion Curtis. He's another little guy. Uh, Strong called him out yesterday. Not called him out in a bad way, but called mentioned. He shouted, was, him out. he shouted him out. He was glad that, uh, that he ended up staying in Texas because he was thinking about leaving, uh, going out of state. They ended up convincing him and he was really happy that he ended up staying in state. Uh, and, and I believe, uh, Matt Maddox coached at temple too. So that was, there was, it was either Gilbert or Maddox that was at mm, temple. So okay. he had the little connection yeah, there. Yeah. Um, another little note I remembered from yesterday, uh, this was the strongs mo this was strong at his most candid this was where uh he sort of showed some emotion and he was talking about uh Eric Cuffey uh mm-hmm. the uh defensive back who declared uh I think it was on the twenty eighth so it was last week uh didn't wait till signing day um he had been sort of going back and forth didn't really know um he's from Waco, so you think maybe he'll go to Baylor um and once he had declared for Texas he had this like moment of pride just like swirl through him <laughs> and strong repeated what he said to him and it was this like really tender moment strong t- speaking into the microphone and he said coach I'm going to the University of Texas and he like paused a beat and it was like whoa like there's like this really uh, p- emotional moment for this recruit who finally had figured out where he really wanted to go and was really proud of it. And so he's, kind of, he's kind of trying to instill that, uh, especially with you talk about him holding off and waiting to get guys 100% on board mm-hmm. before they commit. That's the kind of moment that he's waiting for until the guy's like, oh, wait a second. I can go to Texas. Like, I'm going to do that. Uh, yeah. And I'm really excited about doing that. Maybe I grew up watching Texas. I mean, this kid obviously grew up when Baylor was terrible. So maybe <laughs> he didn't care about going to Baylor. But that's the, the recruiting ethos that I think that's when it really sort of hit home. Like, he's not just trying to get somebody to go, yeah, I'm going to go to Texas. And then maybe the guy flips later. Or maybe mm-hmm. the guy still wants to come, but he's kind of like, oh, maybe I could have gone somewhere else. Like, he wants to wait until he wants his guys. He wants the guys yeah. who are really going to come and be like, I'm here. I mean, remember when you saw, you saw when strong came, he kicked 12 guys yeah, off the team in the first that, summer. Whereas, like, like
1: if you, you need to be, yeah, you need to be fully on board. You need to be the type of person that, that we want and that wants to be here. And that, la- you know, that's ready to, to be molded.
0: And last, and last, last year, I mean, uh, Devonta Lampkin, remember Devonta Lampkin mm-hmm. was, uh, was, is now with OU. He came to Texas didn't really participate in, in summer practices, I think, because he, he yeah. his Spanish elective wasn't going to qualify. He was yeah. scared that if he failed it, he was going to have to go to junior college, so he wanted to request a transfer. And Strong was basically... First of all, they wouldn't release him to OU, it was which, for it, obvious yeah. reasons. But, but Strong said, you know, uh, look, if you don't want to be here, I can't make you be here, and whatever, give your spot up to somebody else. Yeah. You know, like, I don't... You know, like, I'm not going to piss and moan about, you didn't say piss and moan, but I'm not going to piss and moan about some guy who doesn't really want to be here in the first place. So you got to kind of be all in or see ya. So, um, you know, yeah. And then, and and
1: when you, when you hear players mentioning, you know, the, the sales pitch or, you know, him coming into the home and, and you think of all those things of of the core values and, you know, just the kind of guy that Charlie strong is. And it, it, it does, it makes you feel, it makes me feel good. You're like, man, this guy is who wouldn't want to come and play for this guy and this is kind of like keep him off your couch Yeah, and you felt that way when you got it when when he was hired and you're like oh he's gonna do these core values and all this stuff and then you know it sounds good kicking off players was a little bit of a system shock for some people but then you see what the sort of the good the good side of that sort of thing is the rewards the bounty of all of that stuff in place is all these players coming here all of the right type of guys and it makes you really excited for the future of the team, and I think that's why a lot of the people, a lot of the Texas fans online, getting maybe a little carried away yesterday. Can we say that? Can oh, we say fans getting a little carried yeah, away? Yeah, everyone <laughs> got carried away. I mean, I and got people carried are going after national I'm- writers who did nothing wrong other than point out, rightfully, Texas's ranking like a couple of weeks ago.
0: Oh you know, yeah, 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 you're just stating what the ranking yeah. is. Like, hey,
1: national writer X don't you feel foolish? And like, well, no, I just reported the facts.
0: who they should have been going after were the, were the local beat writers who were writing the, the, the columns that were like, I won't name any of them. Although I linked to them in my story. So who cares (laughs) that I wrote yesterday, but you know, it's like, these stories that are just obviously you got nothing else to write. It's recruiting, mm-hmm. recruiting off season. And it's like strong is losing in the recruiting uh, yeah, game. I mean, And
1: that was the story a week ago when they're, they're in the thirties nationally and they have maybe 10, 12 guys locked up. Like that's, that's appropriate for where they were at the time. And is everybody going to write a column saying, "Well, let's give him
0: time and see what happens on National Sunday? No, you're going to report you what's could. going on at the time. You could. If you think if you ha- if you think you have some insight into yeah. what you think he might be doing unless right. you think that it's not going to work.
1: And I think that's what made so many fans kind of feel like, "Aha, moment," uh-huh. because they're like, "We knew all along. We've been reading the tea leaves on what these players have been saying." Uh, well, and you that's know, also we're, we get in everybody. That's also nonsense too. Because of course. because
0: I uh I remember waking up, you know, and I'm I I have to remain unbiased when i'm when i'm watching all of this stuff so i don't have you
1: you can't you you do you don't have to I don't but have i do uh, yeah
0: <laughs> and i'm also not from here so um you know i like to see good things happen okay. for texas but i don't you weren't from texas but he got here as quick as he could no folks. i did not i was dragged here kicking and screaming <laughs> by my wife but i love it now um so uh when i woke up yesterday well, texas wants you anyway well <laughs> thank you when i woke up when I woke up yesterday, I really didn't know what to expect. You know, you you, you think, you know, because you see, you read these tweets by Reggie Hemphill maps mm-hmm. where you're like, look, this is really happening. And, but yeah. it's like, who knows? You know, like I think one no, of these even players, the coaches didn't know they did, they're they watching
1: these announcements by themselves and they had no, and I, what I love this story is he tried to call Eric Fowler. Yeah. It was and he Fowler. was like, he called him last night and he was uh, eating dinner. And so he called back and they're like, oh, he's in bed. And that's all that he heard from him. The next day he announced and he's f- going to Texas. Well, and he had no idea.
0: Well, because he he also told, I want to tell a couple more little, I'm going to give a couple more little quotes from Strong yesterday because I just, I'm almost in awe that he said as much as he said, right? Mm-hmm. And the press conference was like an hour long and answered a bunch of questions. He mentioned that Fowler didn't know. They didn't know where Fowler was going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said a lot of these guys, we had kind of an idea that they were yeah. coming, but Fowler was one of those that they did not know. And he, apparently Fowler didn't know until he sat down and he pulled the hat out. Yeah, uh, yeah. so that was an interesting thing. Um, he also said when he leaves a recruits house on a, on a home visit, he'll turn to whoever he's recruiting with and he'll go, he'll, he's in or he's out. Mm-hmm. Like he'll know right away oh, if really? they have a chance. That's what he says. So, uh, I thought that was interesting. Another little, this is just kind of a quote dump at the end here. Uh, he said he watched Lil Jordan, uh, Humphreys played basketball uh, the other night and was yelling at him from the stands to shoot more, which I thought (laughs) was selfish. Yeah, I thought he was going to say I was yelling at him to like take it easy, like not hurt himself. (laughs) But he was yelling at him to uh, shoot, shoot the ball, shoot the ball. So um, Lil Jordan's an excellent athlete. Cannot wait to tweet that name out. The memes are endless. It's like the worst thing to say. Like if you ever go to a Texas basketball game and people are like, Shoot, shoot, <laughs> it's like the worst
1: thing to yell at yeah, <laughs> a basketball yeah. game. Shoot more. Just shoot
0: it. Uh he mentioned uh <laughs> defensive end, Andrew Fitzgerald is the dark horse of the class. Okay. Um I he just as somebody who defensive lineman. Okay. Defensive I think he'll pre-projects his defensive end, uh just as far as his height and weight. Mm-hmm. Um And his speed. So, uh, you know, would have liked to see a couple more defensive end. Strong mentioned he would have liked to get another defensive end or two. Yeah, there was even a couple that got away for sure. Um, So, but, you know, the defensive line will be shored up, you know.
1: Well, we hope. I mean, with Ridgeway gone and Tank gone, Mm -hmm. you know, these guys need to bulk up and get ready quick. Because that, you know, and this is what he said. He, He said he needed the defensive line held probably more than any other position with how they were just getting you know cut up on the run game last year yeah. on defense like yeah he, he mentioned that he was a good. big uh you know so the big the big boys the big bodies so and then then he mentioned too this is like he said getting all these big bodies going back to the i would recruit 20 guys big boys if i could and five skill players like i think he said like this is as close to sec football is they have sure. this is what makes sec football is you have all these agile guys who are monsters or what well, i heard on the radio this morning war daddies i tweeted daddies in i there. tweeted
0: out dining hall better watch out this new dining hall that's in the stadium yes. like it's <laughs> just like all these defensive linemen are gonna be walking in and in uh in the summer so uh i want to mention again uh i talked about the, the you know he mentioned the best recruiters that he called them his salesmen best mm-hmm. salesmen were the players he actually uh gave a shout out to the four who were kind of on the front lines of There was the one
1: player he went on a visit to Arkansas yeah. and was recruiting. It was Deshaun Elliott. That was Deshaun Elliott? Deshaun okay. Elliott, Malik, Jeffrey.
0: <laughs> I don't know if it was Deshaun who went on that one, but oh, okay. the four were Deshaun Elliott, Malik, obviously, uh, PJ Locke, and Charles Oaminu. And mm-hmm. uh, I was I was watching Longhorn Network yesterday. We were watching it for most of the day up here. Switching back, trying to figure out where the recruits were going to be. Yeah, we don't have the we, so we missed U, so a lot so we, of the, Yeah, right. we missed a lot of the live stuff, but uh, that's what Vine is for. That's what Twitter's for. So we, uh, <laughs> sure. I, I turn on Longhorn Network because I've often th- talked and written about and thought about uh, Malik's role as like an ambassador because he enrolled early last season and then sort of started recruiting. Mm-hmm. He's been doing it this off season. Less vocal than some of the other guys on Twitter that I follow who are recruits and, and current players. But um, sort of got a little bit of the backstory on how he got recruited and how he was taught to recruit other players. And that was from Charles Ominu. Okay. Who sort of recruited him uh, and Deshaun. And then when Deshaun got here, then they started like yeah. teaming up. <laughs> and look, like you said, Strong was asked yesterday at the press conference, what do you think about social media being the downfall of society now? And he said, Well, I still think oh, it's really he was sad. <laughs> he said, I still think it's the downfall of society, but look, it's a boon it's like what yeah. our players use to recruit and they're a best salesman. So
1: Yeah, I mean it's so and it's so interesting and, and it's a it's a great tool for people to follow along and stuff, but the way that those players you're mentioning using it, like it's never this has never been like this before. Like recruiting has never what were players calling each other on the rotary phone phone in the '80s and '90s and saying, "Hey, dude, come and join us." Like these kids have instant access to every player on the ESPN Top 300. They could just tweet or text or whatever. Like, and they know each other like, from, yeah. from
0: from from AU basketball and, you have, and from playing each other. And then you have the, and,
1: like the way that the signing day is shaking down, and you have all of this news coming at you every instant. Like it's never been like this before. This is why it's so unlike anything other that's ever happened on signing day. And I saw this was sort of an unverified stat, but they said Mac Brown, he only signed one player on, on signing day, actually on signing day. So meaning all the years that Mac Brown was here, he'd always lock up his commits before then. Right. So he'd only ever signed one player on signing day. And, Jolly Strong signed like fourteen or something yesterday. Yesterday, I don't remember what it was it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> which is just which just shows you it's a different philosophy. Which is maybe not one is better than the other, but yeah, different anyway.
0: philosophy. But you know, like like it we made, said, for, it made for a wild and crazy. Is, yes. Recruiting is recruiting different. I mean, Malik was on Periscope yesterday. It was like the Texas football Snapchat account, which I yeah, follow. He's live
1: streaming them from the room on his telephone. Like
0: yeah. it's, it's it's insane. Bizarre. So you it's get this bizarre. inside look. I know the day before that. Uh, I don't remember which player it was, but he was spinning around in his chair in that room. Uh-huh. And then he catches Strong, and Strong. It gets cut off because it's the end of the video, but Strong goes, what are you? like?" It was like, <laughs> oh it was like he was just like, stop, like enough. <laughs> so he's like, you know, these guys, he said, Periscope's gone too far. This is all I too him much. I heard mention Periscope. Yeah, well, because yeah. he was asked point blank about Periscope. Okay. He said, what do you think about Periscope? Because that was Malik on Periscope. I'm surprised he like, that he would know. Malik was just walking around yeah. on Periscope, but he said, it's gone too far. It's gone too far. So obviously it was a boon. Uh, it really helped uh, his players recruit because he said uh, and this is the last thing I'll this is my last thing I remember about the the press conference he said when he was recruiting like at Florida and South Carolina mm-hmm. uh, at, at you know back when he was a coordinator and, an, and, a, and a defensive assistant he said he used to ask players you know do you want to do you want to host when the you know f- during these guys official visits you want to yeah. host and guys would always say I got to go home I got something to do now these players at Texas, he said. He asked them if they want to host. They say, "All right, who is he? What position does he play? What high school does he go to? Give me all the information, <laughs> yeah. and we'll figure something out. Wow. Like, and we'll we'll show them around. We'll we'll be at the stadium. So he said the guys are. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because you know everybody is into recruiting more as a whole, or mm-hmm. if it's these players specifically. Um, I think it's more the culture of it's the millennial age. It's the millennial yeah. age. It's like uh, people talk about this in basketball. How you know the NBA players used to all hate each other, like Isaiah Thomas yeah. and Michael Jordan and Magic. Hated that's, Isaiah. that's
1: what I was thinking when you were mentioning the players. I was thinking the way that Dwayne Wade and those guys on the Miami Heat they teamed they're like up, buddies. Yeah, yeah, they're like they formed. They realized that, that would together, never happen. Yeah, they're, and this is the sort of theme. Even the last year with the Missouri football team uniting and doing the strike, it was like players are starting to realize they have. You know, power and numbers you know it's it's not a yeah they play team sport yeah. they realize that they play a team sport
0: <laughs> finally which is nice you know it's like you kind of want that like killer mentality still when, when you watch the nba between guys you don't want them hugging mm-hmm. <laughs> like it you know before the tip-off but you know it's kind of nice that on a, on a team like this like for texas uh guys are saying yeah how can i help coach mm-hmm. and strong is uh self-aware enough to go look these guys are the ones who are getting this done yeah so i think that was really great uh unless you have anything else to say one we'll mean it's it here.
1: it's the, and, and it's not to say that other teams didn't have a great day you know alabama yeah. was the number one class for the seventh year was well, it alabama th- again seven out of nine years Ole Miss had, had a really top. good class Ole clemson Miss really well you know baylor did better than they've ever done you know, were they? They, were they, were they were like eleven or twelve or right. something. They just were a little outside bit behind the Texas, top 10. but this was the highest ranked as Art Bryles has ever had.
0: I think Auburn was just ahead of Texas. Um Yeah,
1: Auburn, a lot of all those SEC guys, and this is what I was hearing about A&M was that they had an okay class, but I mean, it's hard to keep pace with those SEC teams that are just stocking up those big boys, as they say. And so Big Boys. Yeah. I, I, I I wanna but, but, mention yeah. I want to
0: mention on Twitter uh utsa's athletics account tweeted at me because i mentioned i set out a joke tweet because guys oh, really? used to say because guys were declaring and they say they were saying i'm i'm going to the university of texas and i said what if they at the end of that said <laughs> yes. at san antonio <laughs> or el paso and uh the utsa roadrunners account was like uh we'd love it it was like what if or they, or they also meant what if they meant tulane like ut or something like that and then another guy <laughs> who was a roadrunners fan said hey We got a four-star guy today. So UTSA, shout out to UTSA. They got a four-star guy. I'm just happy Texas did
1: we finally jump over Houston Cougars. I got sick of hearing about this all week, all month. Months now we all Houston is beating Texas and Baylor. Houston has more guys. Can we, enough about Houston already. Sorry, but Houston's, Houston's a hot name, man. Yeah. So, but not to say that other teams shout out H Town. Other teams had good days. I mean, Texas wasn't the top overall. Oh, but Texas was the story of the day. Look, like, for a five and yeah, seven team, for five and seven, that's as good to, as you're to gonna go do. from thirties ranking to number six, the, to the top ten. Like, it's uh, it's unlike, I think. It's very unusual, let's just say, right. for any year to, for that to happen, so, you know, let alone for Texas or for anybody.
0: One last bit of programming. Uh, it was mentioned. I, we, we, we all got, um, all of us that were at the press conference yesterday, we got an email from Athletics confirming that uh, spring practice is ten, tentatively scheduled to begin on Monday, March 7th. So that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no practice uh, the week of spring break, obviously. South by baby, <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> just kidding. A big uh, and then, then the the, tool. the orange and white scrimmage uh, is scheduled for April sixteenth at one p.m. I'm sure that's a Saturday. It's always on a Saturday, right? Um, <clears or <clears Sunday? <throat> isn't it a Sunday? Well, they do like Fan Day and all that stuff. Fan yeah. Day. So uh, the four early enrollees. I'm sure. I'm hoping it'd be nice to see Shane Bouchelle out there. So you see yeah. Bouchelle out there. I likely, think we've
1: seen enough. Probably swoops and <laughs> swoops behind center. <laughs> see. You're... I love Swoops, though. I think, I mean, he's going to be a valuable part of this team. The most experienced quarterback that they have, you yeah. know, so for whatever that's worth. Yeah. Um, so maybe you get like to see
0: a... Shane Bouchelle, a little Colin Johnson out there, a little Sha- Shaq attack on the offensive line. Do we have a guy named Shaq? That's Zach, what we... Zach Shackleford. Oh, okay. Okay. Zach attack. Shaq Zachleford. um Right, right. I was, to, yeah. We need to interview him. I
1: was feeling like this. I feel like, you know, Lil Jordan, we got a couple of great names. Peyton Aquin, but they call him Bash. You know, so we got Bash. We got the Shark. Rusty Shackleford. But I feel like Texas is not going to reach that upper echelon. We need to get some players named Shaq. Shaquille. I'm calling him Shaq Zackleford. They can be either Shaquille or Shaq, but then we'll know.
0: Lil Jordan. Uh, Strong also said yesterday, he best called name. out his name. Yes. Best name. Lil Jordan. <laughs> so, hey. Also, you got the Christmas present. It's kind of a lot to live up. Yes.
1: <laughs> that's a lot to live up being named little jordan i mean that's, uh,
0: that's I a mean, big shoes to fill his name's not like the next jordan so that's it's <laughs> a little bit better it's like you're a mini version of yeah. jordan anyway uh we will probably take the next week off uh or so there's going to
1: be kind of a, not a lot of news for it won't for be a little, little bit, bit of time. news for
0: a little while but uh we'll check back in you know sort of as things come oh one last thing uh Johnny Football is about to get cut by the Browns apparently in March. So, uh, well, we
1: teased the thing about the the Texas A&M trailer. You want to talk about trailer. that before so we We should discuss this. We, I don't want to get too deep into it, but this is a story that, you know, literally just fell through the cracks. I'm not. This is not a national story. I don't know who even would care to talk about something like this. But this is the sort of thing that I feel or that we feel needs to be highlighted or needs to be mentioned. So, uh, the headline here: Texas A and M trailer says uh, trainer. The head trainer, athletics trainer. you says, got a trailer on your mind. Yes. <laughs> well, he says coaches pressured him to rush players back onto the field, injured players. Um, and this is, this is not just uh, you know a graduate assistant or a random person saying this. This guy was the head trainer at A&M for over 30 years. He's in the Southwest Athletics Trainer Hall of Fame. This is a Hall of Fame member who was fired unceremoniously. This, this guy was fired from A&M. He's in the Hall of Fame, and he was fired. So maybe he has an extra grind. I don't know. Um, anyway, let's read some of these quotes here. This is some choice quotes. Um, Did you ever feel pressured to return a player to the field before you thought he was ready? Carl Kap- Kapchinski is his name. I would say yes. And this is, again, an interview with HBO, HBO Real Sports. Um, Shout out Brian Gumble. He says, While Shout we're considered, out Greg yeah, we're considered part of the medical staff in a lot of cases, the head coach just sees you basically, in some cases, being subservient to the situation. They would always, you know tend to put pressure on you to get good players back. Uh, is there anybody you put back into the game and said, I wish I hadn't done that? He says, yes. Um, he says, because it went against your better judgment or because it resulted in the player limping off the field two plays later? He says, because it resulted in a player having a subsequent injury. That's um, as, you would, as He day. says, you would be challenged on your character, your credentials. You know, maybe you were the wrong guy for the job. Uh, There's been a lot of great quality athletic trainers that have subsequently lost their jobs because they stood up for the players or were doing the right thing. And so, I mean, just basically one of the most terrible and, you know, uh, what do you what are you what are your thoughts on that? Like, that's not. Pleasant to read that. Well, this stuff. is a
0: fired pl- the fired trainer yes. you mentioned. So yeah, a Hall of Fame number one. Yeah. You have to sort of.
1: We don't know why he was fired either. It was just you sort have of, to
0: sort of take it with a grain of salt. Only because this pl- this guy was fired, but I will say it sounds credible because he's. <laughs> I'm saying he's credible because he's a Hall of Famer. I don't know. Yes. It seems like he knows what he's doing. And he was honored by the Big Twelve, uh, and I'm yeah. not in any way surprised by this. Uh, I think this happens at on the college level. I think this happened. People were mad that uh, Gerard Heard was. Was playing after yeah. so. Soon I was after among, I was among them. Um, I think this happened. This obviously happens in the NFL. You see guys get quote unquote their bell rung. Which the means, guy in the
1: Rams this last year. What was the um the big missed concussion?
0: Oh, uh, uh yeah. Case Callen, Keenum. Was not it Case Keenum, yeah, Case Keenum from Keenum. Yeah. Houston? Houston yeah. Um, yeah, guys who look like they don't even know. Uh, this happened at Michigan a couple years ago. It look, looks like guys who like they don't know where they are and they're back yeah. in the field. And that's the reality of this. And I think that this is a I don't... It's something we're learning. I, it's my... It, it's something we've figured out now. It's my instinct to say that this is another, just another A&M thing, but this is not another... I mean, this yeah. is... This happens everywhere. Uh, teams should be better about it. I don't think they will until there's like a systemic change in... I
1: mean, yeah, and it's this is the football culture of rub rub some dirt in it. Yeah. You know, like that phrase comes from but football, these are, I imagine. But these are
0: brain injuries, and and, and yesterday... Uh, well, now, this Ken no, this interview doesn't, you're right, but this, di- this interview yesterday. doesn't
1: mention the word concussion or doesn't get into that. They just talk about injury and I'd like to see the rest of the interview because uh, there's only a quote excerpted in the Austin Statesman. So.
0: so, you know, it came out yesterday, Ken Stabler, who had his brain, he died, uh, died recently, had mm-hmm. his brain examined um, and they found the CT, snake? They, This snake, they found CTE in his brain too. So not the shark.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it's kind of like, it's sad when you're like, well, of course that of course he did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or a guy who kind of was in a bad place towards the end, if I can recall correctly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: So, you know, I, uh, I love piling on a and M. I I think it's funny. Uh, it's new for me too. I mean, I've only things- been doing it the last couple of years. You know- so I think that, I think that it's, <laughs> I think that it's, uh, it's easy to say, look at this, uh, this team who's obviously, who's come up in the last couple of years and they're trying desperately to hold on to this newfound success. um, but i think this happens everywhere
1: i know and it's 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 sad to say that 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 this is the sort of mentality or the culture you expect in football it's still eye opening to read like sure. this is still oh i don't like it yeah this was this was like you know when you see someone who who is credible who we feel is credible who's saying who's saying yeah this is what happens and then you know this is what you we've all seen varsity blues have you seen varsity blues of course okay i mean we know that they're closing the the trainer door to put that shot in the guy or, you know, in mm-hmm. and, and, uh well, tweeter tweeters yelling, no, don't do it or whatever. But it, it's sad <laughs> to see that this is the reality, you know, this, this movie, which is dramatized, you know, it's based
0: on, that's a documentary. <laughs>
1: yes. This is filmed at my high school in Elgin
0: starring James Vanderbeek yeah. as himself. Um, all right. Well, that's a somber note to, to end on, but, uh, We'll be back in a couple of weeks, probably, to talk about...
1: We're going to bring you the news everyone is afraid to mention. are going to bring At the very end of the show, we're going to bury it.
0: They don't want to hear from <laughs> us. Uh, so we'll bring... We will... Uh, if any news comes up in the next couple weeks, we will record another one of these. And we'll also come in uh, as we get closer to spring practice. And I don't know. Maybe we'll hear some depth chart info. I bet we won't. But maybe we will. So... Yeah, I feel like a lot I'd like of the drama a...
1: with this team is we've got the coaching staff mostly figured out. Yeah. The well, class in here signed.
0: Strong, like you said, is going to address uh, any coaching staff changes in the next week or so, or weeks co- to come, I'm sure before spring practice starts. So a little
1: bit of shuffling the deck, but I feel like yeah. we're in a good place now, finally.
0: Absolutely. So uh, I guess that'll do it for us. So we'll see you next time. See you, folks. The Football Show is a production of the Texas Exes, the Alumni Association of the University of Texas at Austin. To learn more and to become a member, head over to TexasExes.org.